0: I'm Antaratri and I'm from basically from Assam, but I've been living in Delhi for the past six years. I did my graduation in economics from Ramjus College. I graduated in 2016 and thereafter I have been working on this book only and it uh, got published this year. So uh, I would say that since 2016 and till 2019, I've been just working on this book. Looking on the various uh, aspects of it, like the marketing promotions and all, as well as the research and development part of the book. So, that's a bit about me. Currently, I'm looking to, you know, uh, turn into a full time writer so that I can continue this as my profession. And I'm also looking to venture into the world of uh, web series and movies. So, also looking for script opportunities in the same line.
1: Okay, great so like yeah. uh, every uh, like i'm curious to know that uh, how, how you come across this genre like mythology
0: see this is like uh, what i'm going to say might be a kind of filmy story but that's uh, like you obviously know that the truth is stranger than fiction right so that is exactly my right. case actually i was an atheist we Actually I was an atheist to be really honest and uh, way back in 2015 like I had some personal issues, I had some family issues and at the same time I was also you know diagnosed with chronic liver disease and uh, stuffs like that. Uh, my father was ill at the same time. So all those things you know combined together and I went into clinical depression for a period of nine months. So I was uh, on medication as well, but uh, things were not looking so bright back then. So I decided, actually it was my mother who suggested me that I should go for yoga. And I started uh, learning yoga. And once I started learning yoga, my interest suddenly delved into, you know, what uh, the uh, ancient philosophy of Indian school of thoughts. And subsequently I got interested into mythology. I also realized that there are so many things to learn. I somehow ended up reading the Mahabharata and Bhagavad Gita during that phase only when I was having my depression. So at one end, it helped me, you know, to overcome my entire depression phase, I came out successfully of it. And at the same time, I also got this idea that there are a lot of stories in India hidden in, uh, you know, Indian mythology, like we can take a lot of inspirations, a lot of lessons are there to be learned which can be really used to create a new fiction or a fantasy and that is what exactly i did and i decided to venture into the genre of mythology per se okay great Uh, so
1: like uh, there are so many mythology characters available in the indian history like you started reading or you come across the this mythology genre. Then, which was the first, uh, like first, made you most uh, like impressive character?
0: See, for me, it has a... always been lo- uh, the character of Lord Krishna. Like I'm a, uh, I am i do consider him a god. Like for me, it's he's not a mythical person. For me, he's a god. But even if we analyze him as a person of uh, you know human, just simple human values, I like I I really believe that. He was someone really terrific, he has always been my source of inspiration, the way he, Lord Krishna has depicted everything, the way he makes his decision, the way he talks about things like I was completely, you know, flagbuster. like the biggest part is, is that, you know, we often, uh, in fact, in this current, uh, what to say, in this current uh, political scenario that India is going through right now, we would say that uh, there is a bit of, not a bit, but there is growing intolerance, right? and that is i believe that is mostly because people here are turning to be you know really orthodox and conservative but that is what uh, lord krishna did not want to happen way back uh, like five thousand six thousand years back like while uh, uh, Bhishma' met uh death or uh jonacharya met his death lord krishna told him that what were they you know, drawbacks. They told that it's necessary that we must, you know, adopt new principles. We must change our philosophies with time. And the only thing that should be constant is uh, the only thing that we should actually care about is the current situation and how and what the time demands from us. And that that exactly, you know, solves every, every damn problem in our lives. So that is why, you know, I'm a big fan of Krishna as a God and as a character as well.
1: Okay, so like even I do follow Krishna, but not uh, as much as uh, like you did, you do uh, yeah. like I'm a little bit fan, but uh, I'm mostly like 50-50, I cannot say 100%, but I yeah. believe like uh, doing our what we do on 50% and 50% mm-hmm. on like maybe luck or something like that. So like okay. uh, like you told us about, about your Krishna, When there is any <clears throat> incident when you were reading the mythology, then there is an incident that like... Uh, made you like, oh, this happened in the past or something like that?
0: Uh, Sorry, I did not get your question exactly.
1: Okay, so, when you came across the mythology, then, Uh uh, there are some incidents which make you, like, awestruck, then, some, some, Uh impressed. Then, there are some incidents where you feel like, okay, this is not going right or, this is absolutely right. I mean, both Uh ends, like, extreme. Uh All right, all right.
0: the positive and the negative negative extremes that you're talking about, right? Hello? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. So, like on the positive, uh on the positive note, uh connotation, I've already told you, like, what are the positive things that really left me all struck? The biggest thing, positive thing I would say is this that you know. Uh, uh the character of bhishma like he was a perfect he believed himself to be a perfect being he believed that he did everything right he you know uh, uh the oath that he had taken uh, in front of his father was the main cause of the entire like battle of kurukshetra so like all those things like uh, lord krishna told him that it is imperative at times when the situation or the you know uh, environment demands you must also go beyond the promises that you have made like it's not go- it's not uh, in larger uh, good in, uh, in in the interest of larger good that if that you hold on to your own oath or promise and let the world around you you know sh- uh, sh- uh, shuttle down so like that is something that, uh, that really left me awestruck because uh, so much liberty this entire incident this entire episode shows a lot of liberty uh, of I'd say a lot of liberty of anti Hinduism, so that really left me awestruck. And on the <laughs> negative extreme, I'd like to say this: that uh, the uh, this uh, particular thing that uh, Kunti told uh, all of his sons to divide whatever they had earned as ants amongst themselves, and it was a uh, woman that uh, Arjuna had, uh, you know, won in a swambar and married off, and then he decides to, you know. Uh, kind of uh, share his wife with all right, uh, okay. four of his brothers so that uh, i found it a bit of you know kind of uh, logic less kind of a thing uh, initially huh? but right now i also view this in a different kind of a format maybe what i am going to say next next is a bit of controversial thing but anyway i'm going to say it right so the thing is is that uh, uh, this thing that uh, draupadi married uh, five men that Uh, is the complete contrast of what polygamy is. It's monogamy. And I believe that rather than having polygamy, the uh, biological needs of men and women demands uh, monogamy. Because the thing is that uh, biologically, it's really difficult for a woman to get uh, pleased, uh, I mean sexually pleased by one person. That is, I mean, I don't believe that that's possible because we all know that, uh, you know, women are uh, women are set in a way like this that uh, their biological need is such that they will they're going to last long, and men are, you know, kind of their, uh, their biological system is like that that they are going to last, uh, they're not going to last longer on uh, bed. So, I guess that somewhere even that could have been an angle that was portrayed in Mahabharata that for maybe for sexual satisfaction or for the physical satisfaction of a woman, uh, it's at times it's necessary that we even you know uh, accept monogamy instead of just uh, you know accepting polygamy if we talk about uh, things in the past so maybe that angle could have been explored actually in mahabharata but uh, to be really honest i have not given much of a thought to this this idea came to me of very late like a couple of days ago i was thinking about this uh, polygamy and monogamy kind of thing and then i realized that this could be a you know really a scientific kind of a thing because it's it's a fact that Uh, It's really difficult for a woman to get pleased uh, by a man because that is why, you know, the kind of things like fake orgasms and all comes into picture. So, I guess that could have been another reason. So, that is what I believe.
1: Okay. Uh, Like, uh, we do like what you say, that we do have the scientific research on it. And we already know that this, whatever you told right now, it's quite right, actually. Even I I read some of the paper about it. And it's quite related right. to it. But I never thought in Mahabharata uh, like
0: this. <laughs> exactly. So like like, uh, like if if I try to think of uh, Mahabharata, like why 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 would like that thing would have been accepted? I, I only have this answer that maybe that was the reason. And Draupadi's case was not the only case of monogamy in ancient India. There were several other cases as well. So I guess uh, maybe that could have been a reason but that was never... Uh, given focus upon because it's a very controversial type kind of a thing, and secondly, it it, beca- it also becomes a kind of an egoistic kind of a thing for a male person. Like I'm a male, I'm speaking to you like it's uh, it's all right, but uh, speaking about this on public platform, it's really you know kind of what we call male ego kind of a thing. So maybe that was the reason. That's why it was never you know portrayed as that uh, this theory was never portrayed forward. So might be that could be an angle. Yeah, uh, actually. Like, uh, no one has,
1: give, hopefully no one has given thought on this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, like, what is the hardest part about writing mythology? Like, uh, let me rephrase the question. Like, how do you do the research of mythology writing?
0: See, for I uh, I, I, can only, uh, only say this, that uh, things fell into places for me. Like, I studied, I read the Mahabharata, I read the Bhagavad Gita, and whatever I understood, the inspirations that I took from those, uh, I somehow amalgamated all those in my story and the book and my book Chronicles of the Mortal Vishnu came out. But more than research, I am a writer who believes that more than research, I think what an author needs to do is, uh, you know, uh, uh, enhance his imaginative power. So I'm not a kind of person who is more into research, but I'm a kind of a person who is more into imaginative, you know, liberty. So I would say that apart from a uh, uh, bit uh, research, in case of science especially in case of physics i did not uh, do much research about mythology i i just you know used whatever i have heard whatever i have learned regarding religion regarding mythology and whatever i believe for example like uh, i read somewhere that uh, the uh, 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 you know the notion of uh, animal sacrifices that was initially started because uh, it was uh, done To uh, done for this reason that there were certain animals like bulls and uh, you know buffaloes that uh, and those animals used to destroy the crops of uh, poor you know uh, peasants, so it became imperative for them to kill them. So uh, once they started you know uh, killing those beasts or animals, they could not you know leave them in the um, center of the village or something to you know paint a better picture on the Uh, killing of animals, they used to uh, offer them to gods and, uh, and, uh, you know, paint it as a sacrifice kind of a thing. So those kind of things I have explored in the book, I've explained those kind of things. Similarly, the caste, uh, the topic of casteism, like the way it had actually started, uh, ba- obviously we all know it started as, uh, you know, uh, a hierarchical difference uh, based on the kind of jobs that one do rather than uh, the birth discrimination kind of thing. So those kind of things I have decided to put forward through this book. And a few more things, like I al- I always had a question, like obviously I'm sure that you must have, Watch the show Mahabharata when uh, it came in uh, Durdashan, right? Right. <laughs> so, like, uh, you must remember that when the, uh, the war scenes were going on, uh, they would, you know, shoot arrows one after another and, like, they would say something, they would murmur some mat- mantra and the arrows would, you know, multiply or something right. else would become like an arrow, arrow would become a bunch of arrows, you know, giant ball of uh, fire or something. Uh, right. So, like, uh, I, I never found the logic behind uh, all those things that were uh, you know, correctly portrayed in those shows and all. I, I always found that dirt. Now, in my book, what I did is this, that I believe that there has to be some, some, some sort of uh, scientific reason behind those mantras. So I, I conceptualized this theory that uh, when you say a particular phrase or a particular mantra in a certain decibel, in a certain tone, and in a certain mannerism, the sound waves that are created by our voice, they... Uh, in uh, indirectly in uh, activate some powers, some elements uh, you know evoke, and those actually creates those weapons. So those kind of things I have tried to explore, and at the same time, like I, as I told, like uh, I did a bit of research for physics. Like I did a research on specifically on quantum physics. So like I uh, basically uh, to know about things like time travel, time stop, time manipulation, and kind of things like that. There are a few scenes in the book about those. Uh, so like for those I did a bit of research on physics so apart from that like my process has been always like more of imaginative approach than uh, you know uh, research based
1: approach okay so like that's great that you added quantum physics like that's one of the favorite topic like I most like the topic quantum physics like even I do research more I, I read more on research paper on quantum physics actually So So are you, uh,
0: just a personal question, are you uh, like a student of science? Yeah, I'm a student of science. I'm a mechanical engineer. (laughs) Okay, great. Like, to be really honest, I, I, I always hated science for the fact that because I could never understand science, to be really honest. And that was the reason actually I decided to pursue humanities and go with economics. But uh, uh, when I decided writing this book, and I really wanted to know that what are the, you know, parameters or what are the various phases surrounding things like the quantum physics and all, I, I started getting interest into it, maybe because it became imperative for me and be, and it became, you know, I got curious about it. So like, a kind of a person who used to actually run from science and then he's doing research about quantum physics and, uh, you know, uh, science as a whole. Like that thing I really, is something that I never expected would happen with me. So that was something really interesting for me personally.
1: Like Definitely. Whoever loves the quantum physics, they have to read the book. Obviously. Yeah, like uh, like you said, you do like less of research and more of imagination. But what I observed, like couple of with couple of authors, that when they read something, uh, they get influenced by the type of writing, the type of imagination.
0: So did this uh-huh. happen with you? See, uh, I have uh, mentioned this in many of my events and all. Like, uh, it's very rare for an author to say this. But I'm influenced more by movies and uh, motion uh, pictures rather than from books. Like, because for me, uh, I I believe that things should be visually, uh, you know, uh, visually impactful. So that has been always my idea that uh, whatever a person or a writer writes, that should the reader, when a reader is reading a particular thing, he he or she should, you know, have those imaginations running through their mind like a screenplay. So I have been more influenced by movies, I would say, like, as I already told this quantum thing, this I was influenced because of the Marvel series. And then there was also the influence of Bahubali. There was the influence of movies like 300. Uh, In books, I would say, like, uh, I believe that uh, the writing style is unique to every author. So So I don't generally get influenced by writers. I get influenced by movies because that is what I see. I believe that seeing is more important than reading. So if through a book, you can make people you know, see things, that's, that's the greatest thing that are, that any author or writer or any content creator can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the greatest achievement ever. Mm. Yeah. So like, uh, what is the one important thing about your book? If you want to uh, tell
0: it later. Are you talking about the uh, kind of, you know, the uh, the messages that I've tried to deliver through my book or you're talking about the USP of my book uh, from a, you know, read, reading point of view? You can,
1: you can share both views.
0: Uh, okay, so like for, uh, as a theme of the book, what I wanted to deliver is this, that, you know, uh, it does not matter that how great a soul can be if he's even a... Great person. Our person can be really great. Like the let me you know reveal some uh, some uh, let me give you some spoilers on my book though. Like the main antagonist of my book, who is known as Bhuswami, he started off as the mentor of mankind. Like he was the person who led the entire mankind, and mankind made discoveries of fire, wheel, and things like that. And he laid the basic civilization. The first civilization was laid by him. But at the end of the, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, in the middle of, through the middle of the story, he becomes susceptible to corruptness. He became susceptible to greed, lust, and things like that. And, he's dis- and he completely turned into a different person, a power-hungry, authoritative kind of a person who became an invincible, tyrannical villain. So this is a theme that I have, uh, you know, tried to convey th- through my book that uh, however a greater person may look or be, but he is always susceptible to you know negative things. So it's really important that we, as humans, always question our every deed. That what is the you know uh, agenda behind everything that we do? We must always be self-aware of ourselves. We must always be you know uh, cautious about things that we do, about the actions that we uh, you know proceed with, and the thinkings that uh, come in our mind with. Uh, time and situations we really have to you know uh, be uh, assertive on our own selves otherwise i believe that any good person can turn bad in any minute or moment so that is a thing that i one thing that i had tried to you know um, show uh, showcase in my book and the second concept is this that uh, is about destiny fate and uh, the role of gods in our life like often people say is that uh, the whatever like uh, like let me give you the example of uh, Bhagavad Gita you know every person says that jo hona hai, wo hokar hi rahega. things are already predetermined those kind of things are re- written in ma- uh, Bhagavad Gita people often say that right right but what is the what I believe is the reality is this that even beyond that like I believe that we all have alternate or parallel uh, realities uh, available for ourselves like for example uh Suppose if I was born an orphan, and uh, you know I, dis- uh, I I I was discarded by the society. I I you know I was belittled. I faced a lot of injustice from the society, and therefore I decided to turn uh, into a robber or a thief when I uh, attain my teenage years. And probably uh, uh, in the next 10-15 years, I uh, my fate was this that uh, since I have turned into a robber or a thief. I'm going to die in an encounter. That could be my fate. But at the same time, my fate could have been like this also, that despite, you know, being an orphan, despite, uh, uh, you know, suffering all those injustices in my childhood, I decide to fight everything. I decide to, you know, stay on the path of righteousness. And then probably in the future, I could have become someone who would have been respected by the entire society. So I believe that there are such kind of alternate or parallel, uh, you know, uh, realities that are already written for us. But, what we choose, what decisions we make, that ultimately results in the output that uh, we find in our lives. That is what I believe. And that theory I have tried to, you know, depict in my book, secondly. And yeah, from the market. The...
1: Yes, it's huh? one of
0: the concept of quantum physics. Huh, right. Exactly. So, like, that is what I believe that uh, destiny is that. I believe destiny to be that. Like, it gives us four, five choices. And the uh, paths that we take that will lead us to the end goal or the journey uh, that we take furthermore. So that is what I believe. And uh, if I talk about the USP of my book, then I would say my book is a kind of a screenplay kind of a thing. And uh, like not only readers, even uh, newspapers like Deccan Chronicle have said that, that it is a graphic imagery of an epic. So like that is the particular USP, like when readers are going to read this book, they are going to, you know uh, easily everything is going to come into the mind in uh, format of like uh, imagination like uh, i have really concentrated a lot on detailing and description on the book that is why probably the book is a really a fat book so i have really concentrated to explain everything the kind of you know uh, even if i am talking about a particular scene like how a palace looks i i, I have described it completely from uh, how the gates are how the palace looks from uh, the center point of the city and how it different it is once you get inside the palace so those kind of things i have really worked on the details and that is i believe is the USP, the detailing and the the what did you wanted to become when you were a kid okay like obviously like when i was a kid i always i always uh, had this thing in the back of my mind that someday or the other i would uh, you know writing as a profession I would turn into a professional author but obviously like you know many other kids when I was uh, I was in class 4-5 I wanted to you know pursue science you know probably crack IIT and become a, an IIT and that was what I wanted because you know my father was a, is a um, uh, MSc in math so he was like always uh, really pushy with me about pursuing science and stuff like that so as a kid I wanted to become an engineer all those things changed in class 10th when uh, i realized that i'm not good enough to you know uh, pursue science or engineering and thereafter I decided that uh, no humanities is my uh, line of work so i should you know venture into big biggest ups and downs in your life Okay, so the biggest, let's start with the negative thing. The biggest down in my life, I would say it was uh, during the phase when I started writing this book. That was in 2016. I was a fresh graduate and I had, uh, you know, got a placement from my college. Uh, but I decided not to join it and I decided to turn into an author. So I had this uh, idea of writing Chronicles of the Mortal Vishnu and I just, in fact, started writing this thing. But at the same very time, my father, you know, fell terribly sick. And at the same time, I also had issues with my uh, health. I, you know, as I told you already, I developed uh, chronic liver disease and clinical depression. So that was a phase that was completely, you know, the lowest point of my life till now. Like, uh, to be really honest, I even had uh, suicidal thoughts and all. So that would be the lowest point of my life. And to say the highest point, I'd say, uh, you know, uh, when I actually won the contest uh, in 2018 to co- co-author with Durja in this book called Pocket Full of Stories, that was actually the t- biggest turning point. When I won that contest, I had this confidence in me that, uh, you know, uh, I could do something in this field. And really, I, I started uh, to get some recognition by winning that contest as well. So that, that has to be, so far, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, uh, push for me so far in this journey.
1: Oh that that's actually great. After writing the book, like oh before writing the book and after writing the book, what is your motto in life? Like ultimate goal?
0: Acha, this this is something I'm really thankful that you asked me this question. I I really love to answer this, huh? The thing is, is that before writing this book, I was kind of a person who had temperamental issues I was kind of a person who who had no patience in his life. Uh, I was very reckless. I was fickle-minded kind of a person. I used to be really chaotic, messy. And once I started writing this book and uh, I was, uh, you know, through the process of publishing, gradually and gradually I started learning this thing that the most important thing in our life is patience. Having patience is the ultimate weapon that any individual can have. Because, you know, time changes. Uh, I I believe in a very profound saying. Uh, Like, I don't know who actually said this, but Nawazuddin Siddiqui's mother used to tell him a thing that So that thing, I really believe that all we need to have is patience. So after writing this book, after getting this book published, one thing that is the biggest takeaway so far for me is having patience and being calm in all sorts of situations in life
1: okay even even i do believe that like patience is the ultimate uh, key of any happiness or any goal right i like have seen so many uh, impatient like even my friends are more impatient like it's i cannot explain how it feels to be patient <laughs>
0: no i believe that you know there has to happen something in your life and only then you can realize all these things probably if this book would not have come out and I'd have, you know, taken up another job, I would have never realized this kind of things. And yes, I'd also like to add two more things. I also realized that the power of an apology and a thank you is way beyond what we can expect. Like an apology can work wonders and a thank you can do something that you cannot even believe it. It's surreal. The power of uh, these two words, sorry and thank you is surreal.
1: Right, right. actually, (laughs) The, right, the next little bit tricky question. Uh, tell, okay. tell us something, uh, tell us something that nobody knows about you.
0: Nobody knows about me. Like, uh, I guess somebody, some of my fans or my readers know about this, and uh, obviously, my friends do know about this. I have been in a relationship for the past uh, nine years. And, like, uh, I, uh, there has been a video on the social house uh, by the title of Gungrale Balwali Wo Ladki. Like, uh, that was dedicated to my long-term girlfriend. So, like, uh, that is something that I don't, you know, portray so vividly in my social media or my uh, professional life. Uh, uh, like, apart from that, everything, like, I'm ca- kind of a person who is an open book. So,
1: like, yeah. everyone knows everything about you huh. yeah. so, like i don't want to be a last question but like one advice for the upcoming writers and one advice for the young generation like we have the audience of most like uh 18 to 25 so okay it's great if you can tell something like as as you already tell about the tell about patience like how high and how is it important but apart mm-hmm. from that and you learn your life That
0: you want to share see for the aspiring or budding authors i'd like to say one thing that you should not uh this would be a really blatant kind of a response but that is the truth that i have realized probably somebody else would have some different view but for me if a person uh does not have a good knowledge about marketing promotions and how branding works uh i don't believe that he can you know succeed in this field of literature especially in the field of commercial writing because as important as uh, it is to have writing skills it is as important uh, for you for a particular person to even have you know knowledge about marketing and promotions only then you know you can establish yourself uh, as a brand and you can at the end of the day if if you are a commercial writer and you only write you have to sell books right so it's very imperative that uh, you know you have some knowledge about how social media works how marketing works, how branding works, how PR works, how you can connect with media. And it's very important that you make connections and networking. These things are really important. Just I, I I believe that just merely having writing skills is not sufficient to succeed as a commercial writer. Yes, obviously, like if you are not a commercial writer, you have another job, then it's a completely different scenario. Or if you have a lot of money to invest, even then that is a different scenario. But, uh, like if i'm if if somebody is is like me coming from an average family a middle class family with not so much of investment options and uh, not so much of connections so for those kind of people it's really important that they have some knowledge of marketing and branding and how the entire book industry works because at the end of the day you have to sell your books and uh, for the younger generation i would uh, repeat uh, what i already told uh, that you should be always willing to say sorry and thank you and uh, you should, it's really difficult but you should uh, learn how to be patient and be calm in every situation of life because you know, life is nothing it's just a phase of good times and bad times so times will keep on changing so the only thing that should be constant and static should be your hold upon yourself and that only you can do, so that is really important
1: Exactly you can say that the every person should have selling skills like it is the most important skill. I believe that everyone should have
0: right right very true
1: yeah okay like uh, we would love to end here but if you want to add something about your book like a little bit of suspense then you can
0: <laughs> okay alright so like uh I'd just like to say this: that uh, the name, uh, the tagline of my book is uh, like Chronicles of the mortal Vishnu will God turn corrupt too. So like it would be really great if your readers really pick up this book and try to find out that can really God, someone like so respectful or so reverent, like whom we consider God, can a being like that end up turning corrupt? And if something like that happens, what is the inherent quality in human beings? or the inherent quality in anything that is made up of matter and elements that makes uh, anybody susceptible to negative things. So that is something that you can really find out if you read this book. And secondly like if you want, if you are really into, you know, uh, stuff like uh, detailed wars, battles and gory scenes, this book is for you. I mean like the last chapter of my book is completely the final global war that is depicted in the book and it's a 40 plus pages long battle that has been described in the book so i have described everything from how a chakra view works how a vajra view works what are the various you know uh facets that one faces during uh the process of a war like i believe that nobody talks about few things like when uh, there are soldiers fighting a war there are some things like known as you know uh, there is something known as war uh what is it called it's called uh I I actually forgot the term, but there are some things like it impacts you psychologically as well. Like when you see all around yourself, severed head, there are people dying. There is blood everywhere. uh, Even the strongest of warriors, you know, they uh, tend to get some psychological disorders, momentary psychological disorders during the phase of the war, during the uh, ongoing process of the war. So all those kinds of things have been explored, described and debated upon in this book. So like if you really love to read detain things this book is a must for you i would say and not only i the leading media and readers everybody is you know consensual about it
1: yeah so definitely guys do check the link in the description go buy it tag the author on instagram story even if you're listening this podcast do tag author and me so we can share your, reshare your stories and tell the world
0: Exactly and also there is an ongoing contest for my book like every month like uh, whosoever buys this book and you know reads it and sends me this screenshot of uh, the purchase screenshot and uh, after reading the book if anybody you know wants to review it on uh, Instagram using the branded hashtag Chronicles of the Mortal Vishnu uh, choosing from all the reviews that I receive every month one review one most honest reviewer. Would uh, get a cash prize of rupees thousand. That is an ongoing contest, uh, so this is something uh, uh, like any of the readers can avail as well, And added incentive to you know push my book because as I already said, I have to sell my book to sustain my livelihood here. Yeah, yeah. So
1: definitely, guys, don't forget to change check the Instagram handle. I will mention in the description. That's all for the today's episode. See you in the next one.